Coming up next on The Voice of Alabama Politics, more prison problems. Also, the V-Team takes a look at the Senate and House races in Alabama. And the Porch Band of Creek Indians want a monopoly over Vegas-style gaming. <laughs> Another hundred chips, please. Changing a hundred. That's it, Clark. Show them who's boss. It's people like you come here and blow the family nest egg that built this town. Not this pretty boy. That's not winning. That's a sucker's bet. All this and much, much more coming up next on The V. Welcome to the voice of Alabama politics, where we tackle the tough issues so you have the hard facts. I'm your host, Bill Britt, and today I'm joined by Josh Moon, investigative reporter at APR and columnist. Susan Britt, associate editor at APR and guru of research extraordinaire. Put that all backwards. Jack, Jack Campbell, one of the finest men on earth, <laughs> a radio host and Republican strategist. How you, How you doing? Good. Good. You do have a great... How are you, Jack? You're doing okay down there? Yes, sir. Hey, everybody. <laughs> great great show, Jack. I was yeah, on I got... the other, other week. It was really good. Well, I still have a leg up on everybody. <laughs> <laughs> Not only that, you can bang yours on the table, right? <laughs> exactly. You know, uh, Jack, this past week, Representative Steve Klaus introduced a paper lottery bill into the House. He wants to pass a paper-only lottery bill that's it, straight up and down. Which means scratch-offs and the weekly drawing. Right, thing. right. I don't have a problem with that. I'd be all mm -hmm. for it. I don't think, uh, I think he projects $167 million a year, which... That's right. For education. Uh, it's not chump change, but it's really not that much money, but it would help. I'm all for it. Okay. Josh, I see some problems mm -hmm. if you just have a paper-only lottery. I'm with Jack. That's a good start. Mm -hmm. I mean, and Jack's happy with it, but I think we, we face some problems if we try to just pass a paper only. Yeah, you know, the, the paper lottery business is, is kind of declining. Uh, so you're, you're looking at something in a few years that may be fairly obsolete if you don't include some sort of electronic provision in there, no matter, I understand what they're trying to do here and trying to limit the uh, video lottery terminals and not having to get into the debate about whether or not they should go into the uh, into the casinos at, at Victory Land and Green Track and in the Porch Creek casinos as well. Uh, but I, I think you're really kind of hamstringing yourself uh, if you do that because you're 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 basically at 167 million dollars now, and I'm not sure you can get you know half that in 10 years. And so you know what what are you really doing at that point? So why don't you figure out a way to get out in front of where the growth is here? Uh, and, and make this thing available to a lot more people, you know, through your phones, through electronic play or whatever, uh, and, and do it that way. But, you know, I, I understand uh, where, where this thing fell apart last session because uh, the Porch Creeks killed it uh, over the video lottery terminals, and, and Klaus is apparently trying to avoid that or help the Porch Creeks. I don't know exactly what the intent is here. Yeah, it's kind of hard to say. I mean, uh, you know, but a, a paper lottery, the Porch Creek were in favor of a paper lottery as long as you give them mm -hmm. 
sports bet, casino-style gambling yeah. in a monopoly. Yeah, that's a nice trade-off for yeah, them. for that, too. But, I mean, this is an okay start. You, you're for giving the Ports Creek all no, that? No, hell no. no. But um, for allowing... Um, all the other stuff. The football gambling, would that yeah. be part yeah, of it? Yeah, I'm all yeah. for it. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's a, yeah, but not them exclusively. No. Right. We've got to get out of this... Uh, we can't get what we want because they can't get what they want. This yeah. is ridiculous. I mean, if, if you have the electronic lottery involved in this, if you have the, the gaming bill as it stands with everybody gets to play, everybody it's on an even field, you're talking about $400 million a year in a growing industry instead of 167 in a failing industry. Then that, if, that, that doesn't make sense to me. Right, if you add on just the electronic part. Mm -hmm. Right. Now, if you do full-fledged gaming, mm -hmm. you're talking about... A, a lot bunch, more, yeah. A, a lot bunch. more. Yeah. yeah, you're talking about, you know, five, six hundred million dollars. Yeah. One of the things that I am concerned about, sincerely, is that the, the state is being basically offered some somewhere in the billion dollar range mm -hmm. to give the Porch Band of Creek Indians monopoly over Vegas style gamings mm -hmm. at five, at their three existing casinos and two new ones. Mm -hmm. And they promised Josh some crazy figures that yeah. the math keeps moving so much I'm thinking it's kind of like you it's know, a shell game uh, yeah. yeah it's a, it's yeah. a bit of a shell game yeah. and, and look, <laughs> when it started out uh, you know I had problems with the numbers because first of all they, they talked about a 25% number N nobody in the world it, uh, are they ever going to pay 25% in, uh, in taxes yeah. off of this and and even when they were first pressed on this uh, they came back and said, well, you know, that's just the figure that we're using. Nothing is set in stone. And so now that's changed. And now, and now the economic development portion has changed a little bit. And the numbers have shifted around. For, you know, there, now there's an extra $100 million in this category and not $100 million in that category. And so, you know, this is not uh, – and I – to a greater extent, I understand the problem in trying to project this sort of a thing. Yeah. I, you know, these are big numbers and a lot of money and stuff. So I get that. But – when you're going going around placing ads for a billion dollars and saying this you want a monopoly out of this right. thing, well, then you kind of got to get specific with some right. stuff, and you got to expect some criticism. And that's one of the things, Susan, we ha need to have answered. I don't think they should get a monopoly for any amount of money. The other thing is, in 2009, the Supreme Court ruled in Carcieri versus Salazar. The U.S. Supreme Court. The U.S. Supreme Court ruled, thank you, Jack, that only tribes that were recognized before 1934 are actually federally recognized mm -hmm. tribes. The Porch Creek were recognized 50 years after that. Mm -hmm. There has never been a clear-cut answer to whether the Porch Creek are truly a federally recognized tribe. And the confusion <coughs> comes in is that, yes, the Creek, the Creek Indians were recognized as a government-to-government <coughs> -government relationship, you know, prior to... Uh, 1935, 40, 34. 34. However, the Porch Creek are fragments of pieces of the, the Creek Nation mm -hmm. so that form together as the Porch Band of Creek Indians. That's where the confusion comes in. And, and Josh, the Carcieri fix, as they called it, mm -hmm. it has not been able to get passed because Senator Shelby has blocked it mm -hmm. uh, because I think they, they, I think his office has some... Uh, excuse me, not a pun, reservations about it. Right. No. Well, I'm sorry. I, <laughs> I couldn't think of another word. Uh, listen, there have been, uh, it's not just here in the state. There have been some, nationally, they've, they've tried to push through carcieri fixes uh, through Congress, and there have been some problems there as well. 
uh, because people look at what uh, is being claimed by not just Porch Creek, but some other Indian tribes about whether or not they were federally recognized and have the right to now offer gaming and all sorts of stuff uh, on their reservation lands. Uh, they have an issue with that. They've taken issue with it, and that's the reason why it couldn't get passed, and that's the reason why Senator Shelby wouldn't pass it as well, is because he had some qualms, uh, to use a different word, uh, about you know what exactly it was made, made them legal. And if you looked at the Carcieri language and what the Obama administration put out at that time, I think there were some issues there with their history uh, here, and I think he wanted more detail. Well, and I think we're going to have to have more detail. We're, we're running out of time. I mean, still fuzzy math to me. It's some way fuzzy math. <laughs> but we're going to leave it right there. You're watching The V, the voice of Alabama politics. More prison problems? Say it ain't so, Joe. I'm Deontay Wilders. As the heavyweight champion of the world, it is very important to make sure that every punch I throw is thrown with purpose in order to make a difference in my fight. I feel the same way about decisions made in my home state of Alabama and our nation. That is why I'm registered to vote. I encourage you to register to vote and remember on election day to bring a valid photo ID to the polls. Let's make a difference. What are you doing today, babe? I thought I'd head down to the lake with the guys, do a little fishing. Of course, none of us will be wearing our seatbelts. I'll lose control of the truck, wrap it around a tree, and kill us all. Okay. Drive safe, Alabama. A message from your Alabama Department of Transportation. The Energy Institute of Alabama promotes reliable, affordable, and clean energy to help grow our economy, create high-paying jobs, and build public support for Alabama's energy industry. The Energy Institute of Alabama is the best source of energy industry information and how it affects households across the state, from convenient energy production to alternative fuels to solar power and beyond. Welcome back to The V, the voice of Alabama politics. You have no idea what goes on. <laughs> and you, neither should you want to know. The closed caption people do, though. Yeah, yeah they, they do. do. Yeah. They do. Susan, uh, last week. But they're all deaf. It doesn't matter. <laughs> last, what? Last week, Commissioner Jeff Dunn of the Department of Corrections called a bunch of <laughs> reporters down and he had this Very big announcement. Topic. And what it was, was they're closing a huge section of Holman Prison. Now, they're leaving the part open that kills people, mm. you know, and they're leaving the death row inmates in there. But really, literally, they closed it down basically in the dead of night, mm -hmm. shipped out 600 violent, pretty much violent inmates, and then moved in another 145 who are on death row. If you walk in Holman Prison right now, you're standing with some of the roughest, meanest people in the state of Alabama. 166 of them, yes you are, and 
kind of convenient, I think, here where I'm being a little cynical. You know, we got, Eddie had that article on the beatings back in 2016, and now we're a week away from session, and all of a sudden, oh my God, there's maintenance problems at Allman. Oh, shut it down. That's right, Jack. Two, they said there's problems with it. Yeah, two-thirds of it's getting shut down for maintenance. Two-thirds of it. Now, where in the hell are they going to go to some other crowded prison? Yes, yes. yes. Oh, they have plenty of room. Oh, yeah. They are building a case to build more prisons. They're trying to get the public all sizzled up about it and make, making them think that that violent people are going to be back on the streets and all. This is a bunch of BS, and I don't know what the hell Jeff Dunn does up there, but it ain't good. <laughs> think I, we can move on from this thing? Yeah, I think we're probably going to do it here. Uh, but seriously, I mean, it is, it is a maximum security prison built in 1969. It is a hellhole, and I know a lot of people don't care whether these people live in hellholes. Mm -hmm. The fact is that the federal government is not happy. They will take over the prisons and they will, in fact, let people out. That's one of their solutions is they go, oh, you can't afford these? Boom, let them out. Well, you know, part of the problem that I think a lot of people had with the closing of Holman was the fact that they didn't alert the DOJ, that, which is their partner That's uh, right. at this point That's now right. in these federal lawsuits. Uh, they didn't alert them to, to let anybody know that this was going to take place. They just started moving people out in the dead yep. of night. No, they didn't yeah. even uh, notify the inmates' attorneys either. Yeah, well, they notified anybody. Well, they never notified the inmates' attorney because who cares about the inmates, of course. Of course. Uh, but they, they did they, families for that. No, they yeah. didn't let them know either. Mm -hmm. But And so now these people, uh, you know, again, they did not let the U.S. attorney for the, the Northern District know mm -hmm. who was helping to put together this deal to keep the prisons from going into federal custody. But anyway, this is you brought up an interesting point. A couple of weeks ago, Eddie Burkhalter, who works at APR, mm -hmm. did a story where for the last almost three years, they have suppressed a story in which 39 Jack correctional officers went into a portion of Holman Prison and allegedly uh, in riot gear with batons beat and handcuffed prisoners who were sleeping then they grabbed up the ringleaders of what they thought the ringleaders of the dorm were, handcuffed them, and beat them some more in front of the inmates to as a, a, a alleged revenge on some things that had happened in the prison. The prison says it didn't happen that way. There are several lawsuits. 16 are going forward. A judge has seen enough evidence that he says these lawsuits can go forward. It just doesn't pass. Well, and test. we wonder why when they're let out of prison, they're just like uncaged animals. Yeah. It's just, you can't, I mean, I'm all for punitive measures, but yeah. incarceration should at least in some form be reformatory, even though I don't think they are. But you cannot mistreat people in the prison system. Number one, for being inhumane. And number two, mm -hmm. we've already got a federal court breathing down our necks. Yeah, I mean, know, these are bad people. Yes. And they've done bad things. Well, but, but I, then I, we can't go beat them. But understand, we're not talking about black eyes and bloody lips here. We're talking about broken ribs, collapsed lungs. I mean, that kind of beating. Hey, you know, I, and I'm disagree a little bit. I, I don't necessarily think that that some of them are bad people. Uh, you know, they've done bad. But they've things. done bad things. They've done bad they've things. Done There's bad no things. doubt about that. There's, they've done bad things. Well, <laughs> in most cases, I think we've seen some some instances of some folks being let out that didn't do anything. But right. uh, you know, there. I don't know if you followed uh, Charlie Graddick's. Uh, hearing before the, the, the legislature the other day, in, in which they went through a number of things that are supposed to be taking place before folks meet parole uh, right. guidelines. And uh, all of the reform efforts are failing. 
because they're not doing them. Right. Uh, half the time they're not going through and following through on stuff. Either they don't have the money or they don't have the people to do it or whatever the excuse is. There's money going into the budgets for these things. But they're not being executed at the prison levels, right. uh, not just at Holman, but at all these other prisons as well. And and that's I, I can't I can't grasp what we're doing here. You know, I mean, I can't it, it, I can't wrap my head around what you think is going to happen. I mean, are you just going to keep everybody in prison forever? You don't want to reform anybody. You don't want to help anybody overcome an addiction. You don't want to help somebody get past whatever it is that put them in there. What are we going to do? We're not just going to kill them all. You just want to pay for them forever? Well, and there's this is you bring up a good point. The truth is, there's only two things. There's two things you have to look at in prisons, and how many people are going in, mm -hmm. and for what reason. And how many people are you letting out and for what reason? I mean, but if you keep putting people in and you don't let people out, you can build a million prisons and you'll fill them all. Yeah. Listen, I, this week we received an email. It was, it was an op-ed coming in out of the prison study group that the governor commissioned. Their solutions here. Now, we're talking about trying to come up with plans for how we handle this. Was that the, uh, you know, the DOC needs to communicate more with the prison commission. They need to have more prayers in prison. They need to have, um, you know, some education. And everybody just needs to play nice and behave, and it'll all be okay. Now, this is coming out of a task force that God, for God knows how long has been meeting, and this is what you come up with. Well, I guarantee you there's plenty of prayer in prison. Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. you know no, nobody's anti-prayer, no, but I mean, the right. idea that you're going to be able to pray this stuff away no. is nonsense. No. You know, no. put some things in place. There, Listen, there are states and countries <clears throat> out there that do this every day and have much more success at it than we do. Copy somebody, for I, God's sakes. Copy somebody. I, I at least look at it. We can be tough on crime. We also need to be smart on crime. Because we can't afford to keep. Have we ever there. arrived at any kind of truth in sentencing in this state? Not really. No. I didn't think so. That's <coughs> part of it. Yeah. And, and nobody else seems to either. We're going to have to leave it right there. You're watching the V, the voice of Alabama politics. When we come back, we'll take a look at the race for Senate. <laughs> That's a doozy. I'm Charles Barkley. As an impact player on the court in college and the NBA, it was very important for me to make a difference in the game. I feel the same way about decisions made in my home state of Alabama and our nation. That's why I'm registered to vote. I want to encourage you to be registered to vote and make sure you bring your voter ID to the polls. Let's make a difference. Go for a drive later, maybe. Text some friends while I'm doing it. Scroll through social media. Kill a family four and a head on collision. Cool, man. Drive safe, Alabama. A message from your Alabama Department of Transportation. A lot can change in five years. Except those smile lines you treated with Bellafill. Because that's about how long Bellafill will keep them smooth and filled. Five years. Now you can always look your best without all those injections, appointments, and costs. 
Bellafill is the only dermal filler that stimulates and maintains collagen growth long-term. Now time is on your side. Back to the V, the voice of Alabama politics. Jack, you've watched a couple of races in your day, and I have. And we've got a kind of a horse race here in the U.S. Senate race. Uh, Jeff Sessions, Tommy Tuberville, Bradley Byrne are the three front runners. That's right. Uh, we've seen some polling lately uh, put out in the in the press that. I, I wouldn't believe it if it came with silver dollars attached. Well, it depends on which poll you're looking at. Yeah. Any poll that suggests that Jeff Sessions is up by more than 10 points is once again fuzzy math, I yep. believe. Yep. Just to give you an idea, and I know this is not scientific, we have had Tuberville on our show a couple of times. We've had Bradley Byrne on our radio show a couple of times. Jeff Sessions one day called in, but to talk about the sheriff shooting down in Lowndes County, not really to talk about the campaign. He's like a listener, first-time caller. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Long-time listener, first-time first caller. Probably first-time listener, too. Yeah. But he, um, anyway, we did a little informal poll one Friday. We had people call in. 26 people said they were for Tuberville. 14 people said they were for Bradley Byrne. And three people said they were for Jeff Sessions. Wow. Now, I don't think it's like... The old Wallace race where you never could find somebody who voted for Wallace, but he always won. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I don't think people that say they're, that people are afraid to say they're for Jeff Sessions. There just aren't any of them. Well, you know, and, and we've seen some polls that do show him as the front runner, and these are legitimate polls. But this thing, if he's looking at, he's about 30% overall. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And if you're Jeff Sessions and you're sitting at 30%, you got to wonder what the heck is uh, wrong. After being there 20 years. Yeah. Yeah, I, I have to say that I'm, I'm really pleased with how this is going for Jeff Sessions because I could not have imagined uh, over the years as I wrote so many things about the awful things that he did as the AG and the senator from this state that he would then come back and so embarrass himself as he has so, so far. So I'm really pleased with how it's going, that he is falling behind to a nobody like Tommy Tuberville and Bradley Byrne, who has lost his mind, apparently, uh, and that he can't, uh, he can't make headway against those two people, and at the same time, he has to continually <laughs> grovel to President Trump, of all people, uh, after that he had berated him unmercifully uh, for years. Well, and that's one of the things that I don't understand. I mean, of course, again, what we're seeing is it, it's it's his race to lose, right? It's his race to lose. I mean, he's in the front runner. But uh, there could be some, uh, Bradley Burns seems to be getting some momentum. Right, and I think, you know. A little bit. A little, a little bit, that, that's a lot in this the race. The more races he goes, the better probably it is for uh, Yeah, let's yeah. don't go there. But I think, you know, Sessions' biggest problem is the Trump berating. Yeah. You know, and the people haven't forgotten that, and that he didn't, you know, do what Trump wanted him to do, which was, uh, yeah. you know, recuse. The spectacular which, irony. He what, couldn't what? actually recuse, but anyway. Well, I mean, Jack, if Trump, if you think Trump will actually stay quiet through the whole thing? No. But he isn't going to be for Jeff Sessions. Why well, did I think so? That's what we're talking about. <laughs> huh? no. I know. I mean, he's not going to ever. No, he'll tweet out what a you know what a disgrace he was. But he is if he gets the nomination, mm -hmm. which I verily doubt, 
He's not going to come down here and campaign for him. You think he'll come down and campaign for Doug Jones? Well, he'd probably be more likely to do that. <laughs> <laughs> I think, you know what? I think a lot depends on how this goes with the, with the impeachment hearing. And, you know, because I think that there comes a point where it becomes obvious uh, that they're not going to remove Trump from office. Right. Uh, and, when, and then you put the votes on paper, and if it becomes obvious, and one vote doesn't swing anything, and Doug Jones votes with Republicans, well, then... You know, what's Trump going to do? If yeah. He's faced with Jeff Sessions, who he loathes, and a guy who voted against his impeachment. I guess it's... I'm going to tell you all this, though. I know you talk about it's funny that Tommy Tuberville's a candidate, but I've, I've been out with him, um, and um, I've just seen how people come up to him. He can work a room as well as any politico I've ever met. I mean, he's very good at it, mm -hmm. whereas Bradley's a little more timid. But I think he's getting better. Somebody texted me during our show Tuesday when we had him on. Said, "Guy, y'all have tried to y'all have really humanized him some because mm -hmm. they find him a little robotic at times." Well, Tommy, uh, you know, I've known him, uh, covered him, you know, back when he was a yeah. coach at Auburn, and uh, and he was he was very charismatic. Uh, he, he was very arrogant, uh, which you have to be to get. To, I mean, that's not necessarily a yeah. put down. No, you don't uh, become a coach. Yeah, he's, 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 he's a very smug guy, and he also knew how to work the medium. Uh, and and so I think that that helps for him. The the problem I have is the Tommy Tuberville that I was around at that time is not the Tommy Tuberville that's running around today. Uh, you know, and, and I understand the role he's trying to play, which you know begs the question. I guess maybe I should be <laughs> a little harder on the voters than I should be on the candidates. Well, the truth is, them. the only one of them that's just like he's always been mm -hmm. is Jeff Sessions. Yes, I mean, Steve Flowers wrote this week in his column. He said that Sessions is the ultimate ideologue. Mm -hmm. He will go back to Washington and do what he's always done. That's talk about immigration. Yep. Talk about. Uh, abortion, talk about issues, national issues, and that leaves Richard Shelby the entire burden, as it always has, yeah. to bring home the bacon. And it sounds like... I don't like, know that that's a burden, but that's okay. Yeah. Well, you know, if Sh Shelby didn't bring it home... We yeah. wouldn't have it. We well, wouldn't I have totally any bacon. Agree. I totally agree with that. Yeah, I mean, and, and the thing is, there was a rumor out there at one point that they were going to give uh, sessions back his seniority. Well, as it's become a closer reality, we're being told, out of our friends out of D.C. are telling us, oh, no, they're not giving, Sessions is going to be a 74-year-old freshman, Jack, if he comes back. Not a great role to be in, I don't no. think. Mm -hmm. yeah. and, 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 you know, he's always been on the judiciary, and not that that's ever helped Alabama one one jock or two. Not that ever helped Alabama at any point. I don't think Lindsey's going to let that happen. <laughs> 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 I do declare. <laughs> Well, I can do it. Y'all can't. <laughs> I wasn't sure if that was the. Well, yeah, was, that the, uh, was that the middle? Was that the middle square? Was that the middle square? Yeah. Yeah, really. We, we got about forty seconds left. <clears throat> so Jeff Coleman, Troy King, Jessica Taylor are are battling it out in the and second. Terry Hasdorf, she's yeah, yep. Terry Hasdorf, she's in the north. She's yeah. doing a good job, by the way. Terry Hasdorf. Yeah, that, that's right. But she's who? They, we get hear good things about her. But I tell you, Jessica Taylor confronted uh, uh, Jeff Coleman at an event the other night, Susan. I thought, well, that one's got more cojones than any guy in the room. Ooh, yeah, she called him out on all these lawsuits, and there are some parts of them that are sealed. And so she walked in there with a document and said, I want you to sign this so you'll unseal those documents. Walked over across the stage, laid it on his podium, and... So he could sign it. Yeah. He laughed. No pen. No pen. A woman had to do that now, y'all. That's right. And it's not a that's man that be has. Right. Yeah. All right. Well, we're going to have to leave it right there. 
You've been watching The V, the voice of Alabama politics. You watch us because we watch them.